0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Lead Volunteers Podcast and Lead Ministry Live. My name is Josh Denhart. Super grateful that you're here. You know, we exist for three simple reasons to help you, the ministry leader, to get organized, to help you lead with confidence, and also to prevent or avoid burnout. So that is kind of the goal today. So I have a special guest with me today, her name is Lori. Lori, why don't you introduce yourself to us and tell us just a little bit about who you are.
1: Awesome, I'm Lori and I live in Tucson, Arizona. I was raised in the snow, so we loved it when we came out and found the sunshine. Um, I'm a pastor's wife, I have been in ministry for 30 some years and have this crazy puppy outside right now barking because I couldn't get him in his crate this morning. (laughs) So that's me.
0: (laughs) Yes, that's good. And the funny thing is, is that you being in Arizona Like You're from Ohio, and so if you were actually back in Ohio, uh, dogs being outside on days like today, not as good, but sure enough, we're super grateful that you're here, and we're talking about something pretty special. I think you actually, Lori, have carved out a very special space that, and I'm really, really, like I've been longing in a sense and hoping for this interview. I've been following you for a while, and you um, have done an exceptional job of speaking to something that isn't spoken about nearly enough, and it's about leading in a small church. Um, So tell us just a little bit about your personal history that led you to have these resources, and you have quite a few, which we'll talk about in a minute. You've got a lot of resources for those who are leading in a small church, so kind of talk to us about that.
1: Yeah. So my history, actually, it's a little odd. The first church I actually worked in was a church of 3000 in Minnesota. I was actually hired as the junior high youth director, like just junior high. And I said, well, no, no, I need to get the fourth and fifth graders. And I remember throwing a pillow fight for the fourth and fifth grade. That was my event. And without even trying, I had 80 kids at a fourth and fifth grade pillow fight. And it was It was such a crazy, amazing time in ministry, and I learned so much. And um, after that, I was hired at a church back in Ohio where I, you know, closer to my stomping ground, and it was a church of like three to four hundred and loved being there. Always swore I would never become a pastor's wife. Like I was not going to marry a pastor or a doctor and ended up marrying a guy who became a pastor. And our journey um, started in small churches. And I remember coming to this particular church where we're at going, Like there's no one here my age. And because in small churches, right, you've got like a few people this age, this age, this age, this generation. There's like maybe two families with small kids. And we've been here for 15 years, but working in ministry here, you know, in in a lot of different areas, whether worship leading, you know, women's coffee, you know, whatever it is, watching this, it has been such an illumination that there is nothing out there for small churches and that there's just a hole. There's, There's a complete hole. And small church ministry is so different. It's not like baking cookies where you use the same recipe and you make 400 cookies or you make 40. It's a totally different recipe. It's different ingredients. And yeah, that's that's how I ended up here. And I have no idea where it's gonna go from here, but it's been really fun.
0: Well, that's actually quite interesting because I didn't know that you had actually been at a church of three thousand and on staff. And so you've actually experienced a lot of the different strata. So a church of 3,000, a church of 400, a church of now, how big is the church that you currently attend? Maybe 150,
1: 200? No, 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 we're smaller. We're about 60 to 80.
0: Oh, wow. So literally you have led and participated. I mean, those are the big three benchmarks in a sense. I mean, if you were thinking about the way churches, you may stack them up or or how different things. But but that's very, very, very interesting. I didn't know that. And so you actually have like this, this neat kind of resume or neat history that actually allows you to speak into every one of these areas. I think that's super, super, super cool. Well, again, we're talking today about leading in a small church. And I think that you are well equipped to talk about this. You've been at this church for 15 years again we're going to come back to you i mean you we'll talk about this at the end but you have a lot of uh uh, great resources for people a lot of great resources you have a a, a quarterly conference for those who are leading in a small church and i'm super excited about that we'll talk about that in a minute but really what i want to start with today is just this idea of the small church okay we're going to have three big buckets here let's define it let's develop it let's do it so let's kick it off with the small church so let's define this i i, I know there may be different people have different ideas but give us your ideas I, I view you as kind of an expert when when we say small church what do you mean
1: <laughs> okay generally speaking what's out there in the marketplace is 200 and less is a small church that's what most people define a small church as Uh, for me when i really look at the challenges and the uniquenesses that we face it's usually more like 150 or even 100 and lower so that's kind of the different challenges that i address uh, with the ministry that we have
0: yeah and i would say also um you know the majority that all of the national statistics the vast majority, I think it's like 80% of churches are under 150. So 80% of churches are the exact group that doesn't have the resourcing that you yourself are providing. Very interesting.
1: Yeah, and those stats change a lot. The last one I heard was that eighty percent of churches are under a hundred. Sure. And so when churches come and they're like, Oh, I'm a tiny little church, I'm sixty, it's like, no, that's not a tiny little church. That's a very normal church.
0: It is. It it's is
1: experience most Yes. One of the interesting things.
0: And I would say that the churches of a thousand, uh that's the rare, that's the rare entity in the churches of 10,000 that's a super rarity and so it's funny you know on this podcast I've had people who have been a part of a mega church maybe a thousand two thousand three thousand a church size that you worked at but then also I've had I guess there's this new term called giga church and that's churches over 10,000 and I interviewed somebody at a giga church and I was just like that's I mean I've spoken at a church that big through the amazing chemistry show but it's a totally different church to lead. I mean, that is that is larger in some ways than some people's, like, their very own town that they live in. The church size is bigger than somebody's town. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing. And so small, uh, uh, maybe we'll talk today 150, maybe 200 and under. But I really want to ask this next question, which is, what are the blessings and what are the challenges that come with working at or serving at it may not even be that you're serving on staff it may be that you're just that you're participating in the life of the church and you're finding yourself in a leadership capacity what are let's talk about the blessings first right what are some of the blessings when it comes to leading a small congregation
1: yeah i was gonna say too when you said it's so different to lead in a smaller church versus a giga church or a big church it's also different to serve because a lot of people in small churches don't even consider themselves leaders and they are totally leaders because they're influencing all the time but there's also a difference in that term of what is a leader because of even staff structures but the blessings let's start with the blessings so god loves small like god has always loved small. Like, look at the Bible, look at some of the people he chose and how he even made Gideon's army small. And God loves small, but relationships really happen in small numbers. And when I've been at big churches or the medium-sized churches, they're constantly working on how we, how to get people into smaller numbers. Always. And at a small church, That just happens automatically in a small church or small numbers. And the other thing that I really love, well, there's two more things I'll mention. But one is that it's an intergenerational playground and you're constantly mixing with different ages. And a lot of people at first, they're like, well, this stinks because I don't have anybody my age. But if you think of how God actually designed people to live and grow and be in community, the intergenerational relationships that happen, the mentoring, the organic life on life, like being with people who've been through what you're about to go through, right, is so different. And I mean, from toddler on up, you know? Yeah. But the other thing I really, really love about small churches and this, because I experience large churches, like I totally get it, but small churches are a leadership training ground. Right. Like anybody who wants to lead and grow in skill, they're they're gonna have an opportunity and i think it's a really beautiful place to develop leaders because the big churches right they'll audition people for a worship team right you know they will in small churches we teach our 10 year old kid to play drums, you know right. like we're like, hey we need a drummer can you learn and so, so it's good. it's just such a different place for leadership and for relationships
0: and you know it's funny that you say that uh there's a phrase that i i thought of just just as you were talking in in an, in a big big church I'll put it this way. You can when it comes to developing leaders, right? This is the Lead Volunteers podcast, and we're always talking about developing leaders. Well, you you either buy them or you build them. And the best option is always Ooh. to build them. It's always to build them. And that is that, that is the fiber of a small church is to build leaders, right? Not buy them. Uh, But to build them. So I think that's super, super cool. And I think, um, you know, I I think also it's kind of like kind of like when when you're in a small town and you get to be on a football team or on a a, 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 maybe a a volleyball team or something. You get put in the game and you get to feel the thrill of the field or the thrill of the court. You like you automatically. I
1: love that so much.
0: Right you automatically My dad grew up in
1: a tiny little town in River Grove, Ohio, and every single person, every single guy if you were in high school, you were on the football team. Like right. because they didn't have enough people. So that is such a great illustration.
0: Yes, and so then then people get the opportunity to to feel the thrill as opposed to, you know, seeing 11 professionals do ministry and you never get a taste. And so that is a huge blessing that comes with leading in a small church. And uh, the intergenerational thing also I think is very important to mention because people, um, you know, we go to all of these big national conferences and everybody's talking about, hey, we really want to have an intergenerational thing, and it's literally baked into the fabric of a small church.
1: Yep, it happens automatically. Absolutely. Now, we don't all do it well, but it does happen automatically.
0: Yeah, yeah. So let's, let's shift gears now. I, I, I'm sure we could carry on for a while with the blessings, but let's talk about the challenges because you actually have a very interesting perspective when it comes to the challenges of a small church. And it's not what most people are going to think.
1: That's so funny, because to me, it's just incredibly obvious and it's just what it is. But I believe the biggest challenge in small churches is we're trying to be like big churches. And this is like we're trying to be something we're not and not really embracing who God has called us to be. And I like to think about like going shopping for a pair of jeans, you know, with my when my girls were teenagers and they couldn't find the right pants. Right. They're like, oh, I'm you know, there's something wrong with my body. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with your body. Those pants are the wrong pants. Like, right. Quit trying to fit into pants that weren't made for you. And I think small churches are constantly trying to look like a big church and get the wrong resources and the wrong tools because it wasn't meant for them. And God has a completely different design for a smaller church. And if we keep trying to be something we're not, we miss like who God actually made us to be.
0: Right. And I think that this is I think this is extremely important. And I like also that you said early on that that truly God loves the small and he's taken great pride in blessing through small things and small beginnings. and uh, And it's so special. And I think what you're saying is own the idea of who you are. Own the idea that you're a small church and embrace that. Now something before we clicked... Uh, go live or record today, you mentioned something that I thought was actually quite profound. Now, you do run a ministry. uh, uh, You are a resource to many people who are in small churches, and you do it very, very well. Now, you said to me that the majority Mm -hmm. of people, their first interaction with you is they're looking for a trick. They're looking for a tool. They're looking for a strategy. Talk about that, and actually, that's not really the first thing that they need tell us about that
1: wow okay so it's just it's just really big to to go here but let's go here because you just went there so most people when they find me what they're looking for is they want an idea Um, most people's biggest struggle they say is they don't have enough volunteers or they need a better program and that's usually not the case at all, because I really believe that God has given us everybody and everything we need to do exactly what he He's wants calling us to, do,
0: us to do. That's right.
1: Exactly, because he says he put the body together and everybody has a part and we're all going to work together. And this is how his church is. But we try to do these things that are outside of what what we even need to do. And we end up, I love one of your missions, Josh, with your podcast is, you know, avoiding burnout. Well, you talk about that in a small church and that's the martyrs. That's the 20%. We're going to burn ourselves out because we're working for God. And by golly, I'm going to find the best program and the best thing. And sometimes that is not it at all that's not what it is it's needing to embrace and understand where god called you and and what he put you you know why he put you where he put you
0: right and so i think what you're saying is it isn't a trick it isn't another gimmick in your bag it's not it's it's really embracing the reality of who you are and not trying to be it's i love this idea because i have actually gone gene shopping with my wife and jeans for ladies are a that's a that's a complete situation and and you know once you know ev- everybody's body's created differently and the in jeans are created upon like the standard deviation they don't they don't make jeans for the, the 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 for the side pieces they make jeans for the masses right and so if you happen to have a unique you know, you've been created uniquely. Once you find that one pair of jeans, you're like, Oh my word, may these never ever wear out. My point is, is that you have to know who you are. St. Augustine, St. Augustine, however you want to say it. He said, know thyself. And I think that's the mission that you have is to just embrace the truth of who you are. Start there. Don't try to be something else. And I think that that, that's, that's really your mission, right? Is to change people's mindset. And then from there, uh, uh, you can move forward. Something else that you said that I think is very interesting. And I believe this is true. I believe that, that the current body at your, per, at, at your church, the current gathering of people, everybody who is there you have everything that you would need currently to pull off the mission that God has for you right inside of your little family of believers. And I believe that to be completely true to the point where I don't think that you should, you know, I remember one person said to me one time, Hey, you know, if we could just hire this person, Well, this this magical mystery person, then we could do that. Well, you know, is God calling you to do that? Because I believe that you have everybody that you need right with you. So speak to that just for a moment, because I think that's a really important piece.
1: Well, well, one thing I want to key in on is it's not that God's called you to less. Like when we're saying, you know, we need to embrace what God called you and where he put you. And it's not that God put you in this tiny little place because this he's called you to less. So small church ministry isn't less. Exactly. It's just different. It's different. And I think sometimes we get this mindset that, oh, well, maybe God didn't call me to big things. He called me to little things. That is not at all my message because I believe great, amazing ministry happens in small places. And even in the big churches the life change happens in the small churches, right? Like, I mean, in the small places in the big church, like nobody says, oh, my life was changed because I went to this huge program or they had the best curriculum. No, lives are actually changed by relationships. Exactly. And if we want to model ourselves after Jesus's ministry, <laughs> how do we measure success? so was jesus a failed ministry leader like i want you literally to think about jesus and he does uh has he's on a hillside with five thousand people and nobody came back to church and a few (laughs) years later he's gone from massive less and less and less he's got three people who are kind of hanging with him he dies on a cross did jesus go to the grave with him thinking and us thinking gosh he's stunk as a pastor wow like why do we get this feeling That we should be different or we should be better. Or if you look at my ministry career, I went from a church of 3,000 to 500 to, you know, 150 to 60 to 80. Does that mean I was demoted? Like, did I just, did I go the wrong track? You know, because so many people go to ministry and they're like, I'm at a little church. I want to be at a bigger church, a bigger church. Okay. I don't know. I think Jesus has something totally different in mind and he changed the planet.
0: I I think you're exactly right. And I speak to that through the Lead Volunteers material big time, like within the course material. And and what you've shared... I'm going to actually change the screen just for a little bit. I'm going to lose you just for a moment. But here's what I want to show people. This is the model that I lay forth, which isn't anything brand new. It's literally the masses, the core, the 12, the three down to the one. And interestingly enough... You know, a lot of people in their minds, they think, well, like, uh, how, do I, how do I manage the masses? That's actually not our job. Funny, interestingly enough, Jesus didn't speak to masses of people nearly as much as we think he did. He spent the majority of time with the 12 Amen. and even the majority of his time with the three. In addition, something that you said that I think is very, very, very critical is the following. You said it wasn't a big program that changed someone's life. If I went back into your story, Lori, I could find a human being who poured into you. And another human being that poured into you. I could ask of myself or anybody who's listening to this, name me the program or the message. They wouldn't be able to do that. They would basically say, you know, maybe it was a program, but I met this person who individually mentored and changed my life. That is the win. And I think that's what you're speaking to. Everything happens in these micro spaces and a small church actually is form fit for that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly.
0: Well, as we kind of close out today, what I want to ask is what's your what's your challenge? Maybe not challenge. What's your courage to the small? Because uh, I think a lot of listeners are. They are longing for a bigger day. And of course, with big, they think in their minds, oh, if I just had a bigger budget, if I just had a bigger space, if I just had a, wait for it, bigger resource closet, right? Isn't that what we always want is a bigger closet uh, in the church. But at the end of the day, um, what would be your encouragement or your courage to the people who are existing in a small space? What would you say to them?
1: The bigger day is the day that's right in front of you. But that. when we are seeking a bigger day, we are missing what is right in front of us. Yes. There's so many people who say, Well, why didn't everybody come? And there are two people in front of you. Like, wow. God gave you exactly who you're supposed to be with. And we ignore the two because we want the other 12 or the other. 3,000, like whatever it is, God's given you the biggest day right now in front of your face. Quit ignoring your own kid or the one person or the person that you don't want to talk to because they're not as cool. Like God is giving you the biggest day right now. Like embrace it. God's in charge of that. We're not. And when we seek the bigger stuff, we miss the abundance and the beauty and the ministry and the life change that God, if God's at, like, really, if God's at work, God's at work. If you don't believe God's at work, then stop listening and looking for things about churches because God is at work. It's not about us. So if wow. we believe God is at work, he's at work today, right now in your church, in your space, right in front of your face. If you don't see it, it's not because God's not working.
0: That is, that is like sin to print. I think that is such a, A good message. And I have to say, I was thinking back to a time on a random Saturday night, our church had started a Saturday night service. It was very challenging and very few people came. And in my mind, I'm just confessing that I felt that it wasn't as successful simply because there wasn't very many people there. To where, in a sense, I actually think that it could have been far more successful if I had just dialed in with those people that God had provided. I mean, listen, when it when there's 80 kids, you may think that you're making a big impact. However, when you have five, you actually have a chance to to. Individually invest, look eye to eye and voice to voice with every single kid. What you've said is very encouraging. Right now is the biggest day. Great word. That is fantastic. Well, Lori, thank you so much for being with us today. I want to throw now to your website, if I could. Just give us a little rundown as far as what you do and how you can serve people in the ministry today.
1: Well, what's unique about we what we do, because we're the only ones on the planet so far who do it, is I really speak to volunteers and those who lead them. So if you look for resources for small churches out there today, you're going to find some because people are starting to go, oh, there's a lot of small churches, right? So you'll find pastors speaking to pastors and you'll find, um, you know, different people speaking to paid staff and things like that. I really, my main audience is volunteers because sure. there's one pastor at a small church, maybe two. But there's tons of volunteers and the volunteers at small churches not the staff the volunteers are the ones who do the heavy lifting and they're the ones who like we really believe one trained person makes a difference so that's one of the things but honestly I have a lot of pastors who follow me too and and also just get a lot out of what we're doing because it's so practical but we've got a free website um, with tons of resources and they're all just for small churches everything we do is people in small churches speaking to small churches yes. not people in big churches who are trying to teach you how to grow a small church if you want that don't come to me because you're not going to find that here. This is small churches teaching people how to do small churches and find beauty and success in it. We also do quarterly online conferences, which are so fun and really focused on specialized ministry areas. We just did one on women's ministry. Um, usually they run January, April, October, and oh well, I think, I'm, oh, July. And um, in April, we have a kid men, and youth conference. Um, in July, we do a really special conference for pastors, wives in small churches. And then um, in the fall, we have our first ever worship conference for small churches, worship and creative arts, which is fun. And then also I've been playing around with how to best train and equip people who want to grow in leadership and really like lead in their churches, even if they don't call it leading. And I have a small church academy, which is so foundational, really great ministry training. It's there's nothing like it out there. And it is um, it's, it's just phenomenal.
0: Well, I am so grateful for you. And like I said, I've been following you for a while. I've been kind of just like you know how it goes. You kind of online stalk somebody and you watch their stuff and you're kind of impressed by them. Well, this has been a super, super fun conversation. And I feel uh, I feel moved by the Holy Spirit to accept my calling and accept what is directly in front of me. And if in like you said, something along the lines of, you know, if you don't believe God is at move, then then stop quit altogether because God is at work and he happens to be working in very small places. So I'm very, very, very grateful. Lori, thank you so, so, so much for being a part of the conversation today. And I look forward to having you back someday. Does that sound good?
1: Oh, I would love that. I need to know more about what you do. It's so fun to meet people who, I don't know, when you leave them, you're like, oh, I wish we could talk longer. Yes. Like, isn't that so fun to meet it people is
0: like that? It is you're fun. It is fun. You're one of those people. Well, you are one of those people as well, and I'm deeply impressed by your perspective, and I'm deeply impressed by um, your your theology, your theology, and how that how that kind of leads to um, living life in a small environment. Well, I'm so, so, so grateful for what you've done, and we will see you guys next time for our next opportunity with the Lead Volunteers Podcast and Lead Volunteers ministry live so grateful that you're here and we'll catch you on the next one